I think that my job here in this lifetime is to help people remember their roots. And we all have roots to nature. Um, and I really, I consider myself to be a light worker. I consider myself to be meant to heal other people. And I do that through yoga and herbalism and through my music and helping people just make that connection uh, with each other and with nature. Um, because without that, I think that we're just lost. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. All right, welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. Uh, on this week's episode, I sit down with the extremely talented Cat Wolf. She's a part of the Boston-based band, The Wolf Sisters. Cat and I connected through a Boston plant-based group that we're both a part of on Facebook. Um, I saw her in the group and then saw she was a part of this band. I hopped on Spotify and checked out The Wolf Sisters, and I was like, damn, like, they're good, <laughs> like, really good. Um, and, uh, I reached out obviously to talk to her about her plant-based lifestyle, but also to hear about, you know, her, ba her band and, and their plans for the future and all that good stuff, because I think they're awesome. And I was, I was interested. Uh, so we talk about life growing up in a musical family. So as the name would, would, uh, hint at the Wolf sisters, her, um, older two sisters are also in the band. Uh, so she just grew up around music, uh, her parents both into music and everything like that. Um, how her and her sisters write songs for the band, I think that's something that people don't appreciate, how hard it is to write a song. Um, how meat and dairy has always freaked her out since she was young. How adopting a plant-based diet has been a spiritual experience for her and also has allowed her to overcome uh, some previous health issues she's, she's had. Why eating fruit every day is her jam. Um, and then why she's on a mission to help people remember their roots. Um, and she's on a mission to do this through um, just being leading by example, but also through her music um, and through uh, what she calls herbalism. Uh, we also talk about the Wolf Sisters' new album that they just uh, started recording or in the process of recording. Um, it's due out in the coming months. So we talk all about that. I'm sure it's going to be killer. Um, so anyway, Kat is just such a cool, talented person. I just really enjoyed this conversation instantly, you know, connected with her and, and it was just an awesome convo. Instead of my normal intro music, I'm also going to lead in here with some Wolf Sisters, uh, music, a song called Honey Whiskey. So without further ado, the talented Cat Wolf.
All right, I'm here with Cat Wolf of the Wolf Sisters. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Thanks. Thanks for coming down. So we're for people listening. We're um, you made the trip from Canton. Canton. I'm Kenton. sorry. Canton yeah. down to Quincy. We're in the future plant-based restaurant here in Quincy. I keep hinting at it like every week on the podcast. You know. I see, that's <laughs> so, cool. Do you have a name yet? Uh, you know, I was thinking Plant and Beer Garden. But I don't know, you know, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mouthful, um, but I kind of dig it. it it's going to be very like craft beer focused, almost oh, like a yeah, plant-based gastro pub sort of deal. That's cool. So it'll be kind of the only place really on, on, in Massachusetts actually that I know of that you can come actually hang out, have a couple beers or a glass of wine or a kombucha or something and get hundred percent plant-based food. Yeah, that's cool. I Definitely don't know of any other places yeah. that do that right now. Yeah, like you have all of them seem, are like fast casual, or you have like yeah true bistro in Somerville, but that's like you don't hang out and like mm-hmm. have a couple of beers with friends there. You know, mm-hmm. it's too formal. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I was uh, joking with Cat, and not not joking. I was uh, on on my way down listening to uh, a couple of your songs, Ramblin' being one of them that I was like you know head nodding to that I was yeah. digging. Cool. <laughs> so, so for myself and for those people listening, can we take it like way back, like childhood, get the full upbringing life story here? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, I come from a very musical family. My dad and his brother were actually in a band when they were younger. And now his brother runs a studio in Seattle, Washington. And my dad actually builds like Baroque era keyboard instruments so like Mm -hmm. clavichords and harpsichords so that's really interesting but he's a piano player and um I started playing when I was like I don't know seven between seven and ten no he's not he's actually very shy with his playing yeah he does teach he teaches but he didn't teach me because I don't know. We just didn't get along in that kind of setting. Yeah. So like he'll show me a few things, but I'm mostly self-taught. I had a couple years of lessons, but that was it. And yeah, so I was self-taught with piano until about the end of high school slash the beginning of when I started going to Emerson College because I was going to transfer to Berkeley College yeah. of Music. So we're in Boston this whole time, right? Growing up? Yes. In High Park? Um, High Park, like early childhood years. Then I moved uh, to Canton, Massachusetts, and I still live there now. I live at home um, currently, but I was living in downtown Boston a couple years ago for like two years. But yeah, my sister, like my middle sister, Rachel, she went to Berklee College of Music and my oldest sister went to... UMass Dartmouth, and they both, like, she studied music education, and Rachel studied um, guitar performance. Yeah. And is that the family, three three girls? Three girls, yeah, yeah just nice. us. Um, my mom, uh, she's she doesn't play an instrument, but she does like to sing, and she's a poet. So they brought us up on, like... You guys were an artsy family. Yes, yeah. very creative. Um, we thrived in that area yeah. of our lives, and... Right now, I'm studying music business. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, where? At? At Emerson College. Emerson, yeah. yeah, I'm about to graduate <clears throat> in December, though. Yeah. So I'll be done cool. very soon. Cool, nice. What was it like, kind of, can we get more into, like, sort of the family dynamic growing yeah. up? Like, what's, like, what's, like, a Saturday look like when everybody's, like, hanging around, like, growing up? Is it, like, music inclined, or are you guys, like, outside, or are you, like, what are you doing? It depends. We yeah. were a very... Um, active family as well I mean we still are we did like all of us did a lot of sports but we did different kinds of sports like my family went skiing uh, every single year I snowboard and my sister snowboard but that was our big thing Uh, rock climbing is another really big thing that we all do my sisters used to do karate now I do Muay Thai kickboxing they don't do karate anymore you do Muay Thai Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's very cool. That is badass. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, me and my sisters, we would always play music together. My parents used to throw a lot of parties and all of their friends were like artists or musicians. So they would all come over and we'd have these huge music jams. And then like me and my sisters would join in sometimes. Yeah. So, so it was always fun. Yeah. So primarily instrument you play? is piano piano and your other two sisters are um they both play guitar one plays like electric blues guitar more and the other plays acoustic and we all sing cool yeah so when does kind of the whole you know wolf sisters band thing come about Basically, my oldest sister, Rebecca, in high school, she started singing and playing acoustic guitar at coffee shows and stuff. And um, my sister, Rachel, was like, oh, that's cool. I want to join her. So then they started a band together and they were playing around. They were playing like at high school shows and that kind of stuff. And then as I got older, I was like, okay, now I guess it's time for me to join. So I did. And then we started playing out really about two or three years ago. And that's when we met up with some other guys that went to Berkeley. So Rachel knew them and recruited them. And now we play in a full band. So what do the other two guys play that kind of round out the band there? We have Will, who was our drummer, and we have Joe, who plays bass. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have one album out, right? We have one album, one EP out Yeah. right now. And we're going to be releasing another one uh, in early 2018. Cool. Yeah, so as I was saying to you before this, for for the listeners, like, I, like, honestly anticipated, like, <laughs> it, you're, like your stuff wasn't going to, like, suck, but it wasn't going to be, like, killer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I just expected, like, an up-and-coming band, like, you know. Yeah. They, you know, they're kind of trying to make it happen, probably have a real small budget, and, like, the sound quality's not going to be great with, like, their the stuff they release and everything, but I was, like super surprised and i'm like jamming in the car on the way here and it was like killer like really cool stuff and i am sort of a you know country music sort of guy yeah um but that was just awesome stuff rambling i appreciate it rambling and uh what was the other one i uh honey whiskey yeah we got honey whiskey on there both of those are great so can you can you kind of walk us through like all the work that like goes into like creating an album because I don't think like everybody not that I am super aware of what goes into it but (laughs) like I don't think the average person knows like the amount of work that goes into like 
getting an album out. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. <clears throat> We're still like small or small scale band, I guess. So we really don't have much of a budget. The last album that we released was at like this small barn studio in Canton by like sort of one of our family friends. It's actually the dad of like a guy that I went to high school with. And we did that whole, like we recorded all of the tracks in two days. Wow. Um, because we were on a budget and like a time, you sort of have time constraints if you don't have that much money to spend in the studio. But basically yeah. you have to, you don't do, you don't write the music in the studio unless you're like really. Yeah, unless you own your own studio or exactly. something, right? So you have um, the song set that you want to play. You book the studio time, you go in, you track the songs, and then once you get uh, all the parts down and recorded, you have to mix them, you have to master them, and then you have to get them on the CDs, you have to produce the CDs if you're doing vinyls, which we're doing for our new album, you got to get that, and then there's distribution, so... So you're it's doing vinyls as in vinyl records? Yes, we are. Cool. Yeah. And where I know like those have kind of had like a little bit of a resurgence mm-hmm. with like vinyl shops popping up and stuff, but are there ones in Boston? I mean, there are shops like around Boston that resell vinyls. We're going through um, an online source, actually. It's called yeah. CD Baby. <clears throat> um, that's where we got our CDs produced for our last two um, CDs that we put out. Yeah. Yeah, they do vinyls too. Cool. I so, mean, it's budget friendly. Yeah, so. Who, who's the writer? Does everybody write or is there one writer in the group or what? We all, um, the three sisters, I guess, all contribute, but mostly I would say that it's, um, like it starts with me and my sister uh, Rachel, like one of us will come up with a riff or like chords. Like usually I'll come up with some music and I'll say, Hey, can you write some lyrics to this? And then she usually writes most of the lyrics and then I'll help a little bit. And then we'll bring, uh, it to our sister Rebecca and she'll like put all the harmonies in it because she was like the main singer. Um, yeah. But, so yeah. how <laughs> you, you say that like very <laughs> casually, like that process, but oh. Like the whole, and I know like you obviously grew up like doing this type of stuff, but to like me, the average person with like zero musical knowledge or skill of any kind, like how hard is it to write a song? Like you just like come up with a riff. Like, what do you mean by that? You just like mess around on the piano or? Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it feels impossible to write a song and other times it just comes out of you you're just sitting like for me I'm just sitting at the piano and then I play something and I'm like whoa like that's it and it sounds it feels as if you've heard that before like it's a song that already exists like mm. it's just meant to like come out yeah um so those those moments are really spontaneous and those kinds of songs are the songs that you can write in like five minutes flat and it's like nothing cool. um, if that's something that you do but other times it can take months yeah cool to really put a song together and get lyrics and chords and stuff but yeah basically you just like once you know how to play your instrument you can improvise and you can just sit down and play and something will come out of you very cool but it's usually the actual music that comes before the lyrics is that like general 
not way to necessarily. Do it. Yeah. No. Um, it really depends. Something that I do is keep a journal and I write down different things that catch my eye just in my environment or things that come to my mind that inspire me or just really grab my attention. It could just be a phrase. It could be a single word. Mm. And then looking back on that, um, looking through it, you can kind of use that as inspiration. Like, okay, I'm going to take this phrase or I'm going to take this word and I'm going to expand upon it and then write a song out of that mm. it's really hard to explain yeah. <laughs> i'm doing a bad job but <laughs> no, that's totally fine so let's let's shift here to uh to a little on on the plant-based stuff when when does this whole uh thing creep in with with plant-based and, and veganism or i'm a new vegan <clears throat> yeah actually i've only been vegan for maybe a little more than two years yeah it's not that new yeah yeah i mean it's not that new i was vegetarian for at least a year before that so it wasn't i didn't just switch like immediately it was kind of a gradual thing for me but i was getting a lot more um interested in opening myself up to i guess connection between spirit and nature and Mm. my body and you know what that meant to be meant to me and I just had all of this cognitive dissonance and when I stopped eating animal products and I just started eliminating everything like that from my life it was just it felt so natural to me Mm. it was crazy totally totally same here yeah so what was kind of like the spark two years ago that made you even like think about it or, or um, even the vegetarian piece? Like, what was... Was it just something, you, like, you didn't generally like to eat meat? Or did you, like, watch a documentary? Like, what was kind of the the spark? I never really... I've always been freaked out by, like, raw meat. Or seeing, like, a whole chicken, like, at the grocery store. All that kind of stuff has always, you know, for my whole life, freaked me out. I've never liked milk. I've always thought it was kind of weird. But I guess I ignored that because it was normal Mm. so to speak um to eat those things and then just one day I was sitting um at dinner and I looked down at my plate and there's meat on it and I was like this it tastes like blood like this is weird to me I couldn't I started being unable to separate the notion that like this was food not an animal but like it was the same thing and I was just like I can't I can't act like I don't care anymore because I really do. So. Yeah. 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 So you were, you just kind of slowly backed into making the connection that like the meat in your plate was actually an animal that if you saw alive, you'd think was probably pretty cool and you'd probably not want to kill it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I like, I've always been against the idea of eating like veal or like baby cow, baby deer, like all of that kind of stuff. And then I started thinking, well, then why is it any different to eat chicken? Why is it like any different to treat any animal that way? You know, how can, how can you have a pet and then still be eating animals and say that you're an animal lover? And I don't know, I got really, I started getting, um, diving really deep into Mm. spirituality and what that meant to me and having this kind of 
deeper respect for nature and like the energies that surrounded me and what kind of energies I was putting into the world and taking in from my surroundings and it just like it just felt wrong to me yeah um yeah yeah I I I explain like when I took the meat and dairy off out of my diet I do explain it as spiritual yeah. I try not to lead with that for most people because, you know, they think I'm crazy, right? Yeah. But there is a very <laughs> spiritual transition that takes place. What, yeah. I don't know if it's because, like, you're just not putting that energy in of kind of the, the cruelty and the death and the suffering, like, in your body. Um, I'm not, like, I don't have an explanation for it, but it it was spiritual for me. I yeah. became more in touch with myself, more in touch with the people in my life and a hundred percent more in touch with nature. Like I, as we were talking about before, like I want no part of living in the city anymore. Like I want to walk out my door and be able to have my feet hit the grass. You know, it's like I would never had said that like five years ago. And for some reason I'm more connected to nature and you know, the people in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, completely agree to you and it's honestly so refreshing to be able to talk about this because there's not a lot of other people in my life right now or have been in my life that kind of have had that same like transformation yet that that I have really had so yeah it's cool it's It's cool to be open about that but I totally totally agree because you know once once I made like the connection to like paying more attention to what I was putting in and on my body it just kind of opened up all the channels and I realized like I was stuck until that point and I needed to make this change to be able to transform and I guess raise my vibrations um, yeah another level and now I'm making even more transformations on top of this that I never would have been able to do yeah without so, yeah totally so yeah. what's it done like <laughs> What's it done on kind of like the physical health side that you've noticed? Um, I feel more say? alive. Mm. I can definitely, I can read my own body. I can understand what it is telling me now. Like those were things I used to ignore, really didn't understand. But I can tell, you know, what kind of foods I need when and and like what it means when my body is feeling a certain way and how I can treat that with plants in it. Um, going vegan actually opened me up to herbalism. So that is something that I'm really, really interested in now. And, um, yeah. Using herbs as like, yeah, to heal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in healing others. I guess that's my main goal in this lifetime, but yeah, otherwise I have so much more energy like sometimes too much energy I can't always sleep for as long as I used to be able to sleep because I just I don't need to anymore Mm. yeah I find myself like before this like I've been like running around all day but what I mean when I say running around I've like been in the car all day like (laughs) going to like different like meetings and whatnot and uh like right before this, like I, I had like a two hour window and I was like, I'm not like I, I wasn't really feeling it, but I just my energy was so high. Like I had to go out and run, even though it was freezing. Like I like I never was able to just like up and do things as much as I can now yeah. from even like you know, on the sleep side. I totally agree. 
not only do I sleep better, but I find myself like waking up on my own earlier and just like wanting to start the day, uh, as opposed to like peeling myself out of, out of my bed. Um, on kind of the, uh, what you mentioned about just, uh, being in touch with your body and, and being able to like understand what it's telling you. I kind of use an analogy when, when you have like bad food and meat and dairy, like in your system, I use like a, 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 a seven car pileup analogy, right? Oh and basically like most people are walking around with like a week's worth of food in them. I totally agree Do with you, know you this? already. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so like literally the average like person on a Western diet, like it takes up to a week to like eliminate food from their body. Right. So I, I always use the analogy of like a seven car pileup, right. Of, you know, when, when the seventh car comes in and hits the sixth car, right. And the, the first car in the line, right. Doesn't really feel it. Right. It's just maybe they maybe get a nudge the, the first car in the line. Um, but once you clear out your system with fiber and plants and you remove all the things that get stuck in your digestive tract, the, the six cars in the middle aren't there anymore. And when you, you know, put car number seven, you know, in your mouth food, you feel it instantly and your body reacts instantly mm-hmm. and it, it tells you what's going on. It's like, that's good or that's bad. And that's how I kind of backed into, you know, becoming plant-based is like, I just did like a you know, couple day cleanse, didn't realize how good I could actually feel. I think for a lot of people, it takes getting to a point of feeling so good they didn't know it was possible. And then getting to that point, and then when they go have a steak or something, their body tells them that's, that's not cool, you know? And, mm-hmm. and you, <laughs> because you've achieved that level of feel good, like you now understand, you know, how certain foods really affect you. Anyway, that was a total ramble. Yeah, yeah, it's so wild, though. No, people walk around. It's like, if I, like, I don't, I'm not somebody that really eats a lot of junk food anymore. And if I were to, my body, like, it would just, I can feel it in my body. I can feel myself just be, like, building up with stuff that's just not supposed to be in there. But, yeah, after eating, like, upping my fiber intake so much, it's, it's, incredible you feel so much lighter and you can eat so much food and it's still yeah. like not even enough it's crazy it's right <laughs> like i like i went from like this crazy workout maniac like two hours three hours a day sometimes um to like if i just get a walk in like i'm good like, yeah you don't because, need to even do that much yeah it totally changed my relationship with like fitness and food yeah. And I'm just like at ease. I eat when I'm hungry. I work out when I have energy. Um, and I maintain the way I want to look and feel with no problems. Yeah. In 10 years prior to that, I would just battle with myself constantly, you know? Mm-hmm. So it certainly freed me of kind of like food anxiety and like, oh, I shouldn't have another slice or whatever. Um, and also like not busting my ass every day, you know? Yeah, on the totally. Side. I mean, that definitely happens. <clears throat> to me you know I guess I always had not like a great relationship with food I always felt like I had to watch what I ate like I'm a really small person and now I have to uh, remind myself to eat more just because you have to on this kind of a diet I guess but 
yeah, I worked out so, so, so much, like so hard all the time. And it just was really taxing on my body. And then mm. now it's just so much healthier. Yeah. I have su- like such a healthier relationship uh, with my body, with myself. Totally. Um, so what's it like with, and I know this very well, I'm, I'm from a big family. Um, what's it been like for your family in terms of like you coming home two years ago and like, oh, I'm vegan and like, like what's this, what's the scene like both you mentioned before we started talking like yeah. the scene when you're touring, uh, the scene when you're like at home with a family for dinner, how is, how is kind of the whole family sort of <clears throat> reacted to it? Now they're very, very supportive of me. Um, when it first started, like, I mean, they were okay with it, and they said that they were supportive, but you know how somebody's like, oh, you know, like, that's cool, but they sort of have, like, this hesitancy about it, and, like, I don't know, you can tell that they're, like, judging you, but they're not going to, you know, it's, like, yeah. sort of a passive-aggressive type of thing, like, oh, that's, like, actually kind of weird, but... Yeah, and was there, like, a worrying aspect? I, I felt yes, like, yeah. absolutely, you know, like the whole, where do you, where are you going to get your protein? Like, what do you even eat? Like, you can't just eat salad all day. Like, that's just not good for you. And how can you go? Like, how are you going to get all your vitamins, all of this mm. kind of stuff? But I mean, as long as you do your research and, you know, make sure you're getting the nutrients that you need. And if you needed to take a supplement, do it, um, get your tests done at the doctor. Like you're yeah. fine. Yeah. And I always like to say that you know, a, a diet with meat and dairy at every meal or two meals a day, you're deficient. Exactly. Like you're not, you, you are deficient on the, the standard Western diet, right? Going vegan in every, assuming you're going with whole food, you know, plants, yeah. um, your, your nutrition improves every time. Like, you know, you're, your vitamin levels go up. Your even the ones that people think you're going to like drop in, like B12 and, and iron. iron. <laughs> like I did it. So I, I took my mom in over six weeks. Like, you know, she agreed to do like a plant based challenge, right? And she had literally just gotten a checkup, had her blood done and everything, mm-hmm. and her iron levels were low, her B12 levels were low, and like but I want to say calcium, right? Yeah, calcium. All three of those people say you need to be eating animal products for six weeks later, blood pressure way down and all those three ones that she was low in normalized. It like, doesn't <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. It doesn't you know? make any sense. I don't know. People, ha- there's such a stigma around yeah. like fruits and vegetables. People think that sugar is really bad for you. And sure. If you're mm. eating like candy all day, yes, sugar is bad for you. But if you're eating fruit, like your brain needs sugar to survive. So you need that fruit. You need carbohydrates and vitamins and minerals from the vegetables and legumes and everything. And people, I don't know why people think that they're gross. Yeah. And I mean, even I used yeah. to think that they were gross. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. I think it's our education, but yeah. And can we talk like sugar and carbs real quick? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me, <laughs> yeah. let me hear your thoughts um, in general. Fruit is now my favorite thing in the entire world. I don't think I can go a day without eating it. It's so important to me. Um, it's so, it's moisturizing to your body. You're getting so much water. You're getting so much fiber. It's, uh, it's what your body is really craving. And I think people take those cravings and they seek out junk food instead just because like 
that's what's easiest. That's sometimes what's the, what the cheapest option is. That's what's right in front of people. And that's all they know. Um, and there's all this information out there on the internet and everything with people saying that sugar is so bad for you and you need to cut all of your carbs to lose weight. And it's like, no. What I always like to distinguish between is the sugar in, in apple or watermelon or in fruit is not the same as the sugar in a Pop-Tart. Yeah. The 12 gram, you know, the 25 grams of sugar in a Pop-Tart or whatever processed food you're eating is processed sugar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the fiber. It doesn't ha- come with all the other amazing nutrients. You know, I totally agree with you. Fruit for me, it's the, it's the one food, even more than like greens and, and beans that I eat and I am just, I know every ounce of my body is like, that's right for my body. And the fact that people avoid it because they think it's high in sugar and that's going to yeah. put weight on is just sad because they, they categorize sugar as, as one, you know, they, they talk about sugar as the same in, in a processed food versus a fruit. And it's the same thing with carbs, right? The carbs yeah. in a sweet potato are not going to make you gain weight like the carbs in, you know, a highly processed bread or something. So what I think we need to do for most people is stop thinking about carbs, protein, sugar, any of that crap. Look Especially at food, fat. Fat, absolutely. Yep. Look at food as a whole, right? Is this food that I'm about to eat <laughs> health promoting or is it not? Not how mm-hmm. much protein, how much sugar, how much... Like the protein yeah. thing totally blinds us to... Like, hey, the, the steak, every, all, all people see with the steak is like 20 grams of lean protein. And it's like, but that food is not health promoting. Like mm-hmm. it blinds us to like the bigger picture of the whole food. Yeah, you know? I think we need to focus more on where that food came from in the first place. Like you can't look at a piece of processed food and say like, oh, it has like this much protein in it or it doesn't have as many carbs as like fruit or vegetables or like whole wheat whole grain whatever you're eating and they think that it's better for them and I mean when it comes down to it calories in versus calories out are how you lose weight but you're gonna feel so much better and you're not gonna need like you're not gonna have those cravings if you eat whole plant foods totally and fat, let's talk fat a little bit. You, you, got, you got jacked up about fat. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's hear your take. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. People are so concerned about fat, too. And it's so necessary for your body to work properly. It's necessary to keep your skin healthy and your hair and your nails, um, everything, all your insides working <laughs> properly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I can't really yeah, talk yeah. much about this. No, but, it, but, but, but there's this a is, stigma around that too. Yeah. And I mean, when you're eating butter all day, sure, like fat is really bad for you. But yeah. if, you're, if you're using something like avocado or coconut oil, sure, like you shouldn't eat tons of it every day. But you, it's, it's definitely a daily staple. Yeah, you, in you nuts. And, nuts, yeah. nuts are really good. I like yeah. cashews a lot. Yeah, again, it's like from a broad whole perspective, yeah. right? Nuts are associated with longer lives, less disease, 
avocados, plant, you know, all plant foods, right? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, most animal-based foods are associated with exactly the opposite. Um, cool. So, um, you are working on another album. Let's let's get away from the food a little bit. We'll get back to it probably, but (laughs) so you guys are working on another album. Yes, we are. You, you just were recording today a little bit. Uh, not today, but this past week we were recording at a cabin in Connecticut. It's called Dirt Floor Studio. Cool. It's very, very cool. He has a lot of, um, vintage instruments there from like the sixties and seventies. So it definitely matches with like the old rock and roll sound that we're going for. So Mm. it's really cool. And it was fun to just focus solely on music for that many days so very cool so what's like how similar and i don't want to like spoil the the launch here but (laughs) how similar is it to the previous album is that are Um, we are we going with a different sound or pretty similar or we're going for a pretty similar sound like we're trying to cultivate our own sounds um i guess our goal as a band would to one bring back the craft of songwriting and two we want to we really want to keep blues and roots music alive but we want to do that our own way so we have some big inspirations like like the rolling stones and all of the old blues giants before that like john lee hooker like all of them yeah two plus like the band and Little Fee and Bob Dylan, I could go, I could go on with those. But we're not trying to sound like any specific band. We're trying to sound like us. Yeah, and totally. so I think with our last album, we did that, and we were able to kind of create our own space where we're doing something that other bands around Boston aren't doing because we're not quite folk we're not country we're not just like just rock and roll we're not quite blues we're kind of a mix Mm. um somewhere in between all of that so i apologize for maybe categorizing your music as country earlier no it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's totally fine some some definitely have that feel so yeah yeah and i think like country and rock and like the the lines are being blurred quite a bit nowadays i feel like yeah yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Your own sound. Yeah. Love it. So what is kind of the biggest challenge with getting getting this new album out there and just kind of like growing as a band? What would you say like the hardest part of it all is? Well, we are independent artists. So the hardest part for us is being able to balance all of that because we don't have a booking agent or a manager and we're not signed to a label and right now that's not something that we're interested in doing at all we want to remain independent for as long as we can um so that means we have to book all of our own shows we have to do all the marketing and promotion for all those shows we have to come up with all of that money ourselves so like managing all the finances and all of the like the business side of being a band in addition to writing the songs and playing the music, Mm. it's a lot. And sometimes you don't get taken seriously because you don't have a manager or booking agent. So some venues like won't get back to you or they don't want to talk to you um, because of that. They don't think that you're legit unless you have 
a label behind you or something. Yeah. It's like just running a startup, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it's like. Mm -hmm. Um, and you got to wear a thousand different hats at first, right? Until it makes sense to have a manager and all that. Yeah. 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 So what is kind of, so with the second album, what's sort of like, as opposed to like continuing to like market the hell out of like album number one, what's kind of the, the approach with like, are you trying to like bang out a bunch of albums? Does that give you like more credit or like, does that, do you get taken more seriously when you have more albums or like Um, what's kind of the approach or is it just like you want to make music so you're making music? I mean, first and foremost, we just want to make music. (laughs) So we're making music, but basically I think our plan is to put out as much music as possible right now. So we're going to release this album and then like, immediately we're already writing new songs so we hope to record another album like the end of this summer and get that out so maybe like every six months or so um to record a new album that would be the ideal it definitely helps you get more noticed um we want to keep providing music to our fans and keep um providing fresh material uh, for people to be able to listen to and draw them in to be able to see live shows. I yeah. mean, we we want to travel the mm-hmm. world and do that with our music. So yeah, totally. And what is like uh, kind of touring look like now? Is it local bars, local clubs? Like, what's the what's yeah. it look like? Uh, right now, it's pretty small. We went on a New England tour this summer, so we went to New York, New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island. I don't think we went to Connecticut, but, um, yeah, all those places. Yeah. What's and this summer we're planning on going on another tour, but pretty short, like two weeks or so on the road. So we haven't been on anything really long term, but hopefully, um, I mean, I've been in school, so I'll be done with that this winter yeah and then maybe um i think like my ideal would be to get a van and live the van life for like <laughs> nine it. months yeah yeah and just grow some sprouted greens yeah, yeah i want to yeah, grow there plants you go. yeah garden plants. on, the, on yeah. the roof yeah <laughs> so i think that would be very cool what's the uh what's the other uh members of the band are they like do they are they like working part-time or are there some still in school like what's i am the youngest of the band so Mm -hmm. I'm the only one that is still in school everybody else yeah they have part-time jobs or my my oldest sister has a full-time job she works at NEC um so yeah it's definitely difficult to balance all of that because we make enough money to keep our band running but right now that those profits aren't enough to keep ourselves running as well so we yeah. need something else until we can fully i guess totally yeah. live off of our music totally yeah but what's the biggest venue you guys have played at that you guys were kind of like this is pretty cool um i mean we've played at a few colleges we played at lasalle college we opened cool. for a pop artist named dea who played a song with the Chainsmokers. Yeah. And so she's con- she, like she's pretty <laughs> yeah. famous, but like nobody really knows her. Yeah, yeah, and It's yeah. totally different from what we did, but that was a huge show. Yeah. Uh, we've played... We've played bars in Newburyport that aren't that big, but have had like massive turnouts, cool. which is 
which is pretty awesome because yeah. it gets really rowdy. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I had never experienced before. So that's really cool. Um, we played, I don't know, we've played at, like out in Plymouth at a big, like the Spire Center. So that's a pretty big venue. It's in an old mm. church. Mm. But. Cool. Yeah. I don't nice. know. Nice. We All haven't right. played like the Sinclair or the house. We've played <clears throat> upstairs at the house of blues but not like on the main stage yeah. but i'm gonna have to get you guys to play in here that would be awesome yeah totally yeah. totally you should get some live music yeah it's big no planning on it planning on it um cool so back uh back to kind of the the plant-based stuff yes i always like to ask to somebody out there listening that maybe has re- resonated with anything we're saying here and is interested in kind of the plant-based lifestyle or, or the vegan lifestyle, what's kind of the first step that they could take to kind of move in that direction? Maybe they're struggling with their health or, or they, you know, have become aware of kind of the animal cruelty side or the environmental side and just want to explore it. What's the first step somebody can take? Would you say? I mean, making that recognition that you want to, either change your diet or change your lifestyle. That's the first step. Um, But I guess personally, because I made a gradual switch, like I was vegetarian first and I was slowly like cutting out different foods. That would be the path that honestly I would recommend most because sometimes it can get really overwhelming to, you know, look at all of the products that you use in your house. Like if you want to be completely vegan, looking at all of the clothes that you have, all of like the skincare products, all of like the, all of the cleaning products, making sure that everything is cruelty free. Nothing has gelatin or something in it. Like even Altoids have gelatin yeah, in them. Like you'll drive yourself crazy if yes, you try to tackle that. It's insane. Once. So yeah. I honestly, I started with food I cut out meat, and then, I mean, I never liked milk, so I never really drank milk anyways, but I cut out pizza. Ice cream was a huge, huge deal for me, but I cut that out. That was probably the last, the last animal product I stopped eating. And do you do, like, the occasional, you know, Ben & Jerry's dairy-free ice cream or or any of the dairy-free ice creams? Yeah. I'm a fan of FOMU. Yeah, The totally. thing, like for me personally, I am not a fan of imitation foods. Like I, I don't want to eat chicken. I don't want to eat something that tastes like chicken. I don't want to eat something that looks like chicken. Mm. So I don't really like all of the meat substitutes or the dairy substitutes aside from something like FOMU. Yeah. Which like, it it doesn't really taste like ice cream. It tastes. I mean, it's creamy. Yeah, it's like yeah, like, it's like almonds, almond or soy milk based. Yeah, you know what I mean? Or, or yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little different. And yeah. I do like hemp milk, but that mm. doesn't taste like real milk. So it it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah, it's it's more of the meat substitutes that I won't reach for. Yeah. But if that's something that's gonna help somebody make the change, that I'm totally all for yeah. it. I don't mind it. How about like, you know, meatballs made out of like, uh, like, um, out of nuts or, or grains, you know, like I have never tried that before. My issue is I just, I don't want to taste something that's meat. Like simple as that. Yeah. 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 Cool. Just like, that's, that's my personal 
take if there's somebody like it depends on why you're going to the lifestyle I mean I think that most people will find even if they're doing it just to be physically healthier they'll start to find more compassion Mm. for living creatures totally yeah. yeah and and I always like to say like you gotta you gotta get a to a place with yourself like how how are you gonna love like other people and animals if you don't love yourself right and i think absolutely i think getting your own health in order and eating more plant-based is like the first step to do that Mm -hmm. right when you're not at a good place yourself like you don't give a shit about other people and certainly not animals you can't yeah that's actually another big reason why i made the switch as well Um, I was just, I was having health problems and I was kind of at a loss at that point. I had tried so many different things and nothing was working and I was just in a really toxic environment. And once I started trying to eliminate all the toxins in, in me and around me, I started to be able to realize what is good for me and why I should even be caring about myself and why I need to be practicing self-love. And that includes, you know, the people that I surround myself with. That includes the food that I put in my body. That includes how I care about others and what kind of energy I put out. And the energy I put out is the energy I get in. So, Amen. That was well said. So if you don't mind, can we talk about some of the health issues? And and they obviously resolved, I'm assuming? Yeah, I was... I was having stomach problems for a while that I just, like, I would go to the doctor and they would say that there's nothing wrong with me. And, but I would still, like, I I just felt sick all the time. And when I would get sick, I would be sick for, like, a month. Mm. And it was, it was awful. I felt really bad. And I was honestly, uh, this, I was in a really toxic situation for a long time. And I guess... I just wanted to stop that. And in stopping that, I realized that I had to put myself first. So I started putting my my health first physically. And then I realized, okay, that isn't all of the problem. Maybe some of the problem is the stress that's surrounding me, like the mm. people that are around me. So I eventually got out of that situation and I feel so much better yeah i feel at ease inside and out yeah and a lot happier so it's good were you ever given the option of i know i was never given this option when you went to a doctor were you ever given the option like hey you could try changing what you eat no yeah no i actually well i had a lot of problems when i was younger just because i didn't eat enough and my doctor um when I was really young I had to take like those nutritional shakes that are like milk so she would she always pushed the dairy onto me and I didn't like milk but like because my doctor was saying it then my parents were pushing it on me so Mm -hmm. it was something that was in my life and honestly it didn't make me feel good like it Dairy honestly makes you bloated. It makes you, your stomach hurt. So yeah, it's meant for an animal. Yeah, yeah, not a human. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what has led me to doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Sitting here talking with you and um, is what really p- 
pissed me off about kind of the whole revelation with myself and plant-based living and, and what it did for my health and what it did for my entire life is that, you know, I, similar to you, was by far the sickest kid in my family growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, had asthma since I was very young, you know, severe allergies, um, all kinds of problems. I even had like kidney or liver failure when I was like three years old, like crazy stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from when I was two years old to probably five or six, I was just carpet bombed, like with antibiotics, you know? So the rest of my life, I was, I was constantly pretty sick, you know, like when I would get a cold or a flu, I would get a flu. Like I was, I was down and out and we get, you know, sicker than the average person. Um, and as kind of like issues arose, as I got older and started to, you know, able, was able to call my own shots with my health. Every time I went to the doctor, it was a simple, okay, here's what's wrong. Here's the pill. Here's the cream. Here's the inhaler. Here's the EpiPen. At no point was it you can do this and treat all the symptoms and live in this cycle the rest of your life, or you can go to the root cause, which is what you're putting in your body. And I was a healthy dude, right? Like I was a fitness freak, right? Lean meats and high protein, low carb. And I was just never given the option of, you know, eat more plants and maybe you could just treat the root cause. And that just like, when I came to the realization myself and I was like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Doctor, parents, teacher, coach, mentor, brother, sister. Nobody told me it, right? <laughs> like I had to figure it out on myself, my, on my own. And now I'm kind of on this sort of mission to tell other people's stories and, and so that people know that this is at least an option. I'm not saying everybody is going to take the option of changing their diet, but they should at least be given the information, you know? Exactly. Everybody should be made aware of all of the options that they have. And I think part of the, I mean, part of the problem is that nutrition is a fairly new um, field in science for people to actually take seriously and really study. So it's, it's still not taken quite seriously. And we're kind of stuck in like these preconceived notions of what is supposed to be good for you. And I don't think that that the new, I guess, evidence that we have now about plant-based food has really transferred to um, general doctors and pediatricians. And I think it would, it, it would be so great if pediatricians started having that option, started talking more about diet and stopped pushing like dairy and milk as a way to get calcium and protein and like be healthy to children because I personally just don't think that it is healthy and also uh to have the option of like herbal remedies nobody knows about herbalism but like that's how medicine started it started with plants like mm. that's the most basic that you can get yeah and it's not taken seriously. It's like, well, where did all of your modern medicine come from? So, yeah, whatever. Totally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you mentioned earlier on the, the term cognitive dissonance. Yes. Can you explain that to somebody who doesn't know, like, what that means? Basically, when something kind of bothers, I guess, 
I'm really bad at explaining things. Okay, if you have a problem or there's two competing, I guess, ideas in your mind, you'll work to reduce that problem by either, you know, trying to ignore the problem or making up excuses for your actions, like like eating meat, like making up excuses for why it's healthy for you or why it's good for you or why it's not cruel to animals. Like, oh, but I'm eating from, you know a farm that takes care of their cows and their, their free range chickens and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. It's just making excuses when really the problem is you're not comfortable saying that you're eating man- animals because you like the taste of animal flesh. Right. So you like one side of, you knows one side of you doesn't agree with like the brutal killing of an animal yes. and the other side is justifying why you can eat them. Right. Yes. And it's just two very conflicting <laughs> things yeah. that 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 people, you know, they justify mm-hmm. the, the eating and, and but they two two conflicting rationales. Yes. And it causes <clears throat> so much stress and anxiety in your body that you just don't you don't realize that that is the cause of it. Like you don't realize that you have cognitive dissonance when you have it until you get past it and Mm. then look back and say oh you know that's why I was feeling this way or oh that's why I was saying these things when I knew it was kind of like wrong yeah yeah it's kind of like I'm not gonna get drunk tonight and then you order five glasses of wine right it's like it just doesn't (laughs) there are two conflicting rationales and and views Um, Mm -hmm. and you're not living in alignment with your kind of inner beliefs yeah so a uh, couple couple fun last ones here um what is one thing about you that maybe not a lot of people know that you'd like to share with us <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have one right off the bat don't you no no um, uh, i thought that reaction actually was, now that everybody I mean, knows you're <laughs> vegan right <laughs> everybody knows i'm vegan um When I was younger, I used to want to be an entomologist, and I still, that means I wanted to study insects, and I still think that they're really, really cool. And now that I think about it, that's probably, you know, another another thing that led me to this path. It just makes yeah. sense. Because I really, I really liked animals, and maybe some people don't think bugs are animals, but I think all living creatures are living creatures, so. Yeah, every kid loves animals. Yeah. Until they don't and eat them yeah because it's normal i honestly think that parents should educate their children and say like this is this is what you're eating you can choose to eat it or not but yeah you know yeah in most kids like that's actually with kids you when you can you know just the interactions i've had with certain kids like when you tell them like you know that hamburger is this cow right here right like most kids don't know that they don't get that um and when you know you want a kid to change what they eat like and they make that connection and they they stop right away Mm -hmm. because they don't really have the social pressures yet no um they just kind of are like yeah i'm that's weird right yeah it's really the parents like that's another point of uh, relating to cognitive dissonance i guess because people get really defensive when you start talking about the fact that you're vegan or some people do either either they'll apologize or they'll get like 
angry and start making fun of you because you're weird for the way that you eat because they they internally or subconsciously feel bad about the way that they eat themselves but they don't want to like they don't know how to cross that barrier yeah i always like something i've started saying when people are like oh why are you vegan i'm like why are you not you know it's like put them on the defensive you know you're the one you know with all the the cruelty on your plate like (laughs) you know why why am i on the defensive here you know that's a very hard like thing to thing to talk about i Mm. never i never know what to say yeah you know when it comes to like what i eat or the lifestyle that i live i don't know how to say what i want to say um without censoring myself or without offending somebody because people get really offended yeah when you address certain parts of a lifestyle or a diet because it's just so ingrained and it's so personal it's so ingrained in our culture and everything in our social situations and everything um so to somebody uh that's curious you know we're sitting here you're obviously in incredible health you look great So to somebody that's like, what does this crazy vegan eat all day? Can you walk us through like the average kind of day eating was? Okay. Uh, Like I said, (laughs) I eat a lot of fruit. I don't really limit myself on that. I'll just eat as much as I feel that I want. What are the go-to fruits? Um, Frozen bananas. If you have a blender. like Ice cream. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's the best thing in the world, (laughs) first of all. I like to have that in the morning just because it's really refreshing. And then I practice yoga usually in the morning. So I'll eat that before and then I'll do yoga. And then for lunch, like I usually make really big pot meals because I'm a... um, I'm a busy person, so having food on hand that I could just heat up yeah. is really useful for me. So things like uh, curry or chili, like those are probably two of my favorite things to eat because I really like spicy food. Is that something you just whip up like for the week? You make a yeah. big batch, yeah. Yeah, I can make a lot, or some that like will last me at least a few meals. So I'll eat it for dinner one night and then lunch maybe the next day. And then maybe make something different for dinner and have the rest of like, so I'll, I'll mix and match throughout the week with different meals. But yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I really like potatoes. I like, Mm. I'll pretty much eat anything as long as it's plants. Yeah. But like tonight I'm eating chili. I already know that because I have it. Nice. So is it just, just beans? Yeah. Beans. Um, basically you start with a base of like, a carrot and an onion and then you can pretty much add whatever vegetables you want but there's some that go better with i guess yeah mexican spices it's really all in the spices for Mm. you know a meal that you're making i personally really like summer squash and zucchini but when it's not really in season i mean bell peppers are really good you can put potatoes in it Curry, sweet potatoes are really good. I like mm. white sweet potatoes because they get really creamy. Mm. Mm. Um, I like snow peas. 
any vegetable really broccoli like anything you could do cauliflower it depends on what your preference is but uh, you cook those down you add the spices you need a liquid so you could do vegetable stock or um, tomatoes you could do tomato paste you could get it in a can or you could get fresh tomatoes depending on where you live and what you have access to and then you add the beans yeah what's the what's the on the go sort of like you know you're at a you're at a random gas station in western massachusetts and you're in a bind for something what do you reach for nuts nuts yeah yeah if that if they have that if not like my last choice would be something like a granola bar just because that doesn't really tide me over that much yeah yeah but do you get into have you gotten into like meditation at all yeah 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 it's something I add more to my day every day. I try to be mindful with whatever I'm doing and be present with whatever I'm doing and not ever have an emotion or lead myself by an emotion without being aware that I'm doing that. Mm. Yeah. That's another part of like going back to like the spiritual aspect of kind of, you know, the change with myself. You know, I never, I used to look at yoga as a workout right Mm -hmm. now I it's it's a spiritual thing for me it's it's the breath it's the it's the calming aspect of it right and it's all it all for me it all started with the food and it led me to looking at yoga as in a very different way to venturing into meditation it all comes back to with what you're putting in your body yeah you can't personally I don't think that you can make much of a spiritual transformation without paying attention to the food that you put in your body and like if you look at tibetan monks tibetan monks are vegan they their big motto i guess is do no harm like Mm. you have to do that and then they sit with themselves and they they contemplate and they're mindful all day i mean that's it's so important because yeah. the food that you're putting in your body is providing you with energy. You don't want to put dead energy inside of yourself. You want to put living energy. And if you think about it, like the argument that I hate the most is that plants don't want to be eaten or you're still killing plants <laughs> yeah. when you eat them. But yeah. like I can eat a plant and it will grow back and it won't be hurt. And I'll, I don't know, its seeds will be spreading everywhere, but I can't like chop off the head of a chicken and expect it to grow back. So. Yeah. And it, and it just goes against like, there's no human unless they're like sadistic that enjoys seeing that right you see even like in our day-to-day you see roadkill or you see like like we are all appalled by it right you see a dead animal nobody like if we're walking down the street and there was a pig caught caught in the fence right a little cute pig right every person would go oh the poor thing and help him out of the fence right Mm -hmm. like that's our natural innate compassion like we all have that in us and we turn a blind eye because we don't see the cute little pig that's the strips of bacon, right? And we also call it bacon. We don't call it dead Yeah, we don't pig. call it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. If I say something like animal flesh, people get really offended. But yeah. I'm like, that's what it is. You just made up a like, different yeah. name for it. Totally. Totally. Well, we're, we're getting low on time here. Um, <clears throat> but uh, before the last question, where can... People check out music, uh, get in touch with you guys, follow you, whatever. Yeah, so we are, um, we can be contacted pretty much all of the social media platforms. We've got an Instagram, 
at Wolf Sisters. That's two F's, by the way. Mm. Uh, we're on Facebook with the Wolf Sisters. We have our own website, thewolfsisters.com. Um, we can be, you can reach us through email or whatever there. We're on Twitter. Cool. Um, Sweet. Wolf Sisters yeah. everywhere. Yep. Nice, with two Fs. Oh, we're also on all music streaming sites, too, like Spotify. Yeah. Check us out. Yeah, totally check them out. Um, (laughs) Before the last question, just want to salute you for what you're doing with music and and life and living the the compassionate, you know, plant-based life. You, too. uh, Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Your music is incredible. Thank you so much. It really is. And tell your band I said that as well. Yeah. Um, and I your will. sisters. Um, so this podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. I believe that living plant-based, eating green, puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do in my life. I also feel it's just the right thing to do. Um, whatever my goal is at any particular time is kind of how I define the make green portion of that. So I would ask you, what does make green mean to you? Why do you ultimately live plant-based in a vegan lifestyle? I think that my job here in this lifetime is to help people remember their roots. And we all have roots to nature. Um, And I really, I consider myself to be a light worker. I consider myself to be meant to heal other people. And I do that through yoga and herbalism and through my music and helping people just make that connection uh with each other and with nature um because without that i think that we're just lost and yeah i don't know make make green to me relates to nature i think that uh there's so many practices that we have as a society today that kind of ignore the basic fact that we came from nature, we're a part of nature, we're all connected, we're all connected to the earth, and so we have to take care of it. Like, the earth is kind of our mom, and it loves us if we would only love it back, so. Amen, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, we did it. No, we did it, thank you. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, 
pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. <laughs>